This is Warner Lewis, and welcome to another edition of Lewis at Large, smart talk and conversation with talented people from all walks of life. A reminder to subscribe to these Lewis at Large podcasts, go to Apple, Spotify, or Google Play. And if you like the podcast, hey, let others know about it. For context, this conversation with Hadassah Lieberman, wife of Senator Joseph Lieberman, was recorded in April 2021. We are extremely pleased uh, to have with us for this uh, segment, Hadassah Lieberman. Hadassah Lieberman, say it over and over. Uh, she is the wife uh, of Senator Joe Lieberman, but she has an important story of her own to tell. It is called Hadassah, an American story. It is a fascinating look uh, of her parents' survival of the Holocaust. Uh, she then comes to, they come to America. They settle in New England. She receives a Bachelor of Arts degree in government and dramatics from Boston University and an MA in international relations from Northeastern. Uh, ends up on a blind date with Senator Joe Lieberman. They are married, blend families together, and the rest is history, so to speak. But we will find out much more. Hadassah, how are you, my friend? Oh, fine. And thank you so much for pronouncing my name properly. I've gone through these national campaigns, and every place I've gone, it's been mispronounced. So thanks. Okay. We're off to a good start. That's wonderful. Let's do this. Uh, uh, immigration uh, and its relationship, that issue with America, is certainly has been in the news in the last several years. Share with our Lewis at Large listeners, if you would, please, a little bit. Tell us about the immigration of your parents, their survival in the Holocaust, etc., and settling in America. Well, I remember, because I was baby, I remember hearing my mother always tell me that when they took the boat to the United States and they were crossing past the Statue of Liberty and she saw Emma Lazarus's quote, she was so moved because it is the land of liberty and justice. And that's how we looked at immigration. We didn't know the language. And as I grew up, I learned English quicker than my parents. And I used to have to be the one to call the doctor or fill out forms or do things that were very hard, as it is today, to many immigrants. And you have to be good to your immigrants because they're important. Why do you why do you believe from where you sit and we this is not a discussion about immigration we certainly want to get to the book but why has that attitude changed or has it changed and we're just hearing some louder noise from those with a different opinion I think that it's very important to have leaders and teachers in communities and states who rep, who constantly represent positive views on immigration and teach people that you have to help an immigrant who comes, who doesn't know the language, who doesn't, can't read things in the supermarket. They're totally strangers. And when we came and my mother and father, my father was in slave labor camp during World War II my mother was in Auschwitz as a concentration camp. So they lived through some horrible experiences. And 
the beauty, I think, of my life story and theirs as well was that, thank God, we escaped from the ugly darkness we experienced and came to a country of light where we were accepted and respected. So I am thankful to be a U.S. immigrant. And amazing uh, that they survived the Holocaust, quite frankly. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. There was a smaller percentage that survived and a larger percentage that died. So my parents had survived. And when they told me the stories of how difficult and impossible, most of their families were killed one way or another, and the way they killed people was horrendous. So what we want to do, we have to remember, part of what I wanted to do is to remind people of these stories, but do it in such a way that we're moving forward positively and thinking about how we have to make our future brighter. So... You're in the United States. Uh, you take advantage of the opportunity to get a BA from Boston University and then on to an advanced degree from Northeastern. As you were going through the American educational process, the secondary education in general, was America playing out to you the way you thought it might be? I'm lucky. Yes. I even recount one of the stories of my winning the I Speak for Democracy contest in high school when I got to ride in this white car with the congressman who was from our area and waved to the people on Memorial Day as the winner of this democracy contest. And my parents were standing there and waving and so proud of me. So, you know, I've been lucky. All of my life, I've witnessed positive things in terms of the way people were treated. I know there are many other stories after that and during, you know, our lives, but we have to keep pushing forward to positiveness. So after your first marriage is dissolved, uh, you're set up on a blind date with a I would assume, a very independent-thinking Senator Joe Lieberman. Tell us a little bit about kind of that courtship and uh, how did that go, and was it love at first sight, or did we have to get to know one another pretty well? Well, my girlfriend I had gone to school with said she didn't like people who were meeting me, and she just said, I want to introduce you to a man I know from my synagogue and see him on Saturdays, but she wasn't close with him. But she said, I'd like to introduce you to him because he he's a politician, but he seems like a good guy. And he looks a little like your son, Ethan. So I said, oh, okay. I thought that was a cute intro. And we met and just started talking to each other and realized that there was a lot we shared and we would want to get to know each other better. So we dated, and he was in the middle of a campaign for attorney general. And so it was crazy. So the first weekend, I went up to see my girlfriend, my roommate, in New Haven. I got up there, and he came over to her house to say hello. 
and ask me out for Saturday night. So I said, okay. But then he said, well, you'll have to come with me for my um, fundraiser campaign time that I have to go to the other end of the state. And I said, okay. And he said, you'll meet me at 8, okay, and I'll drive you up. And then we'll go out. And it wasn't going to be till like 11 or 12 that we were going to be able to go out. But I said, yes, I figured what the heck. And um, we went out and we went to, and I said to him before we got out of the car, Joe, what, how do you introduce me? He said, don't worry, I'll introduce you as my driver. I said, okay. (laughs) It was funny. And sure enough, he introduced me as his driver. And that was a good night, and we started dating. So he'd have to come in between stops for Attorney General in the state of Connecticut (laughs) down to see me in New York. Wow. And the rest is history. How wonderful. What uh, If you just joined us again, yours truly, uh, Warner Lewis from the flight deck of Lewis at Large, got a good one going here with Hadassah Lieberman uh, and a brand new work, a memoir called Hadassah, an American story and an American story it is indeed. As you look around today's landscape, um, your appreciation for where you live and where you have come, your family's journey and your personal journey. Uh, must feel very, very satisfying in a lot of ways. Is that is that a fair statement? I would say that's fair. Yes. What about? But I also yeah. Go right ahead. I also would say there are different sections to our lives, to our times, and it's been shocking to hear people speak in public to each other in ways that we never expected would occur. What about, um, so do you have a sense of, again, why, why have we evolved to this or why are we going this through this particular period right now? I know some of it you said was leadership. Any other factors that you think play into the fact that maybe, uh, let's just face it as Americans, we're not being as nice to one another as we used to be? We're not being as nice And, you know, everyone's trying to answer why that's happening. People far more brilliant than me are trying to answer those questions. And yet, no one has a magical answer. And that's, we have to be so careful. We have to really work at, our teachers have to speak to the children appropriately. And the children have to speak appropriately to the teachers. And parents have to speak appropriately to their children. It just goes on and on and on. And we have to be leaders. You know, in some ways, we've degraded so many positions of sorts and relationships, and for good reasons, and in other instances, bad reasons. But we really need to elect people who can be role models for all of us. And we have to work at that. Do you believe um, that this situation that we have, where we are, so to speak, not as engaging and not as accepting and a little bit certainly more critical of one another, and there's a lot of yelling and screaming, 
leadership uh, between the political parties could be very much being have the same kind of indictment against them as well. Do you believe the political uh, vitriol that's going back and forth is that leading us, or is it just simply a reflection of something that's more systemic within our society? I think it's both. It's definitely leading us because they're in leadership positions. And also, it reflects something going on underneath. But we can't tolerate it. We are a democracy. And if we don't agree with each other, how many times all of us that at dinner tables with our family, our parents, oh, I remember I just got up and left the room. I just totally disagreed sometimes. But, you know, I'd sit down and make the conversation work. And that's the bottom line. We don't agree with everyone, but you can learn something from someone who disagrees with you. And they might even, they might even ask you questions that you start thinking about and doing any legislation. I know my husband always talked about that. You have to compromise. You have to collaborate and you you may have to leave one part out and put one part in in order to make it work for everyone. It's very important to work hard at continuing to make our democracy strong. What about, uh, let's go back and let's talk a little bit, explore a little bit more also about your parents. Um, Did America play out for them? Did it meet their expectations? Did it exceed it? Or in some way, shape, or form, were they disappointed about anything that happened here? They weren't disappointed. There were certain things that they weren't going to tolerate. You know, in other words, if I said to them, well, I want to dress like everybody in my younger days, or I want to wear my hair like it. My parents were strict. They were old-fashioned. So I benefited or uh, struggled with that reality. At the same time, they always praised the U.S. They always praised what America was giving us. And so we were always different. We had our own identities. We were Jewish, went to the synagogue. Most of my garden in Massachusetts town, almost all of it, was not. And Some people go one way politically, another way religiously. We're all subject to manifesting where we've been, how we've been, what we believe in as we get older. So I think, you know, my parents made me go to all the important events. Memorial Day, you never missed Memorial Day. And you always saluted the flag. And they were always that way. That was the old way of being when you went to these national events that we celebrated together because they respected this country very much. And this country had opened up to them after the Holocaust, after the slave labor camps, after the Auschwitz concentration camps. So, of course, they valued the United States. And we're very, I just want to add, and we're very, very proud of my husband who elected to serve his state 
his country as attorney general, as senator, as a VP candidate, you know, all those things that meant a great deal to him. As an immigrant, you have seen probably uh, the very best that America has to offer. You've also seen some of its darker sides. Um, If you could wave a wand, so to speak, uh, now that you have been here for as long as you have, what are some of the things maybe you would change, or what are some of the things maybe we need to get back to or that we've forgotten maybe uh, in terms of moving us forward in the most positive light positive or positive light possible uh, as an American society? I think that patriotism is an important aspect of our country, of our democracy. We have to enable our children to learn what patriotism is, what the United States has been able to accomplish. I think that decency, respect for each other in our family settings, in our community settings, is important. And it's important that it go all over the country because you see how people... Now, we've lived in a crazy year. The coronavirus has been a amazingly difficult passage of time to live for a year. And some people who've had to live alone for a year, the masking and the walking around, not touching, not being able to go to restaurants, has all taught us so much that's necessary. And now we're coming out of that seclusion somewhat, and yet at the same time, we still have to, even after shots, have to observe attentiveness to everything that we do, wherever we breathe, wherever we go, whatever we do. So we want to make sure that we shine as Americans. And, you know, to shine, sometimes we need to apply the sparkles to ourselves. And that's by teaching ourselves how important this country is. And education is very important. And we have to enable our children and immigrants who are coming into this country, hopefully to go back to schools more all over the country to enable them to educate themselves. As we start to wind down here, uh, looking back over... uh, Hadassah, an American story, looking back over your life, what, in your opinion, what's sort of the big, what's the big, big feature, or I hate to say it's sort of a stereotype, takeaway from your life? What, what, what is the big headline here uh, to describe the experience that you've had? To have emanated from the blackness of where, what I had to come being born out of. My mother, Auschwitz, my father, and Dachau, my father's slave labor camp, to come out of that setting and to go, to immigrate to the United States, to go through everything that it took for me to get through high school and then college and graduate school, and to end up 
meeting Joe Lieberman, who took me on a national scale for campaigning, meeting so many people within the United States, running, helping him run for office. When I look at that story, it's not a simple story. But having toured through Auschwitz as a delegate of the U.S. delegation that came from the United States, which included Elie Wiesel, to go there and witness places that my mother was encamped and my family was killed in many instances. And to move forward and to feel that I was part of this saga and ended up in that capacity to help in public service, to be a public servant. I would say that's what emanates from me. Beautifully said. So I have to ask you this, Hadassah, an American story. Who plays you in the movie? Ah, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> you're sweet. Yeah, but you know what? You're the person who's announcing my name. <laughs> okay. So, so Just I... Listen, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Well, listen, I, I thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. This is a fascinating, uh, extraordinary story, but but one that emanates and will emanate and uh, resonate uh, with our listeners for sure. Again, Hadassah, Hadassah uh, an American story. Uh, how can people pick up a copy of this? And also, do you have a website? Oh, you know, people are asking me that. I probably have to do it. I'll tell you what. Warner, um, why don't I make sure Lissa sends you all that material? But I know it can be through Amazon, through Brandeis University Press, and I'll make sure Lissa gets you that material, okay? Absolutely, we'll do that, and we will share okay. that with our listeners again. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Warner, 2021. Thank you, and have a good day. Well, thanks for joining us for this installment of Lewis at Large. We add new conversations every week, and we like hearing from you. You can contact us via email at warnerflewis1 at gmail.com. That's warnerflewis1 at gmail.com. And you can find out more at lewisatlarge.com or on the Lewis at Large Facebook page. And remember to subscribe to Lewis at Large. Check out Apple, Spotify, or Google Play. Now go have a great day.